0: Well, the church is really mysterious, isn't it? It's miraculous. In fact, it should fill us with wonder when we think of the church. And you remember Jesus on this earth, he was with a group of people, and he said this bold claim, I will build my church. That was radical for the moment and of course you know the story jesus goes ahead lives his life he dies he gets buried he's raised from the dead he ascends to the right hand of the father and then then he sends the spirit He sends the Spirit. There's a group of about 120 people. They're gathered in this house, and all of a sudden there was this loud noise, like the sound of a rushing wind. And, And they look around, and it looks like there's tongues of fire on people. And, of course, those that are informed know that that was Pentecost. It was in the Old Testament called the Feast of Weeks. The Holy Spirit descends on these people, and they're never the same. They're transformed from the inside out. And they live radically different lives. As you think about all the disciples, just the 12 alone, all but one died a martyr's death because they were so changed from within. Well, the church... The church is supposed to be giving evidence of that. So I say it this way. The church is God's people to reveal his love, his power, his goodness, so that the world will see God's work and honor him. So the Spirit comes on his people and they reveal his love. Isn't that what Jesus did? He came and he came and just loved on people, cared for people, ministered to people, served people. He came with power over and over. We're reminded that Jesus lived in the power of the Spirit. And that same power is coming through the church today around the globe. People are being changed from the inside. We see all kinds of miracles, miracles miracles of healing, chains being broken, bondages being broken, people set being free from addictions, all kinds of things. And then there's just this general goodness that comes through the church. And we could, if we had time this morning, give a history lesson of all that has changed in this world because of the church being started 2,000 years ago. It's amazing, and the world is missing some of it, but many people in the world are turning to him, honoring him, and trusting in him. Well, Jesus modeled all of that, and as we think about church generally, broadly, let's narrow it down right to Fox Valley Church, right? Every church, every local church has its own DNA. It's interesting, we read the same Bible, but as it comes about into the people, it has its own characteristics. Isn't it interesting? There's a lot of different pictures the Bible gives of the church, right? But one of the major ones, one of the dominant ones, is that of a family. Over and over, we're called, the brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, right? So family becomes part of the picture that God wants. And just like in your family, there's pictures of the family. We recognize people, sometimes a family. They all have curly hair. They all have dimples. They all have some characteristic that gets manifested in the family. It's very, very interesting. That happens on a physical level, but it also happens on a relational level. You ever notice in some families, they all carry some of the same sense of humor? They laugh at some of the same kind of jokes? They just carry about this characteristic of the family. Well, churches are the same way. So often, the way of a church is the way of the leaders. Or as we say it so often, as the leaders go, so goes the church. So I wanted to put together a series of who is Fox Valley Church. So we're gonna talk about that the next couple of weeks. Now at the end of this service, we're going to do some texting. For those people that are newer to the body, what that means is you can text in questions. If I say something in the message, something's unclear, you wanna ask something, you can send in a text. And you'll see on the bottom of the screen, the left side, there's a text number. Text that number. It is anonymous. We don't know who's uh, texting in. We do receive those texts, and at the end, we'll go ahead and answer some of those. But this morning, what we want to do is characteristic of Fox Valley Church is be in the Word. If you have your Bible, if you have a device, I never want people to miss the moment. Of being in God's word. And we're going to see something powerful today. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Now, at Fox LA Church, we just invite people to stand. Why? Because it's a way to honor God's word. If you're able to stand, could I invite you to stand? We're just going to read two verses this morning. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. He says this For the word of God is alive and active. The word is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for the truth of your word, the power of your word, the goodness of your word. And I pray this morning that your spirit would come upon us, much like what we read in Pentecost, that we would experience something unique, something changing in our hearts because of time listening, listening to you, God, speak. So we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen, amen. You may grab your seat. Well, this morning, as we look at this, want to really bring out just a couple points, just simple ones at that. And the first one is, let's dive into, well, the first point is God's Word accomplishes His purposes. When we get down to it, we're going to see that God's Word accomplishes all of His purposes. So let's Look again at verse 12 verse 12 it says this for the Word of God is alive and active let's just pause right there I need you to notice something I need you to notice the word for at the beginning f-o-r now that should be a clue to you that read your Bible that this writer is now giving a reason for something that he already said We do the same thing in English. We say something, and then we'll use a word like because, da-da-da-da, right? We just add on. Well, that word for is giving us the reason. So what we need to do is look back a little earlier, and really if we look back to verse 7, we're going to find out what he's talking about. It says in verse 7, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, if you hear his voice. Now, you'll notice that that verse, verse 7 in Hebrews 4, is taken from another place in the Bible. The writer is quoting Psalm 95. Now, in Psalm 95, he's writing the story of what Israel did. So let's just pause for a moment and get into the history of Israel. They get released from egypt right god breaks the power of the most powerful nation in the world he severs it with the pharaoh he releases all his people out of egypt they get into the wilderness they cross the red sea they see this amazing miracle they start getting fed manna they get some water god's giving them quail he's doing all these miraculous things but the people the people, they start grumbling and complaining. And it said that they were no longer listening to God. They were deaf to God. That's what Psalm 95 says. It says that they hardened their hearts toward God, they disobeyed. So it's amazing. All this miraculous stuff is happening in front of them. And They have hard hearts. Now, it's always good to just pause there for a moment because all of us have seen the goodness of God in different ways. The fact that you're here this morning tells me several things. You had a warm house. You probably had some hot coffee or hot chocolate or some warm food, and and you got in a car that moved and and probably had heat in it. And, And we get here, and this is all the goodness of God. He doesn't owe us all this stuff, but we have it. He's given it to us. So what is happening is God is speaking through all these events. He's speaking through his word and so what he wants to do for us today is remind us the word of God. Because of what happened to them, Israel, he's saying, I need to remind you that God is still speaking. Don't be like the Israelites. Do not Turn a deaf ear to what God is saying. Do not harden your heart towards the things of God. These are the choices all of us have to make. Now, he's giving us a reason. He says the word of God, verse 12, right? I circled it there for you. Is It's living. It's alive. God is still speaking today. It says that his word is active. It's caring about his purposes. He is doing what he wants to do. It says that his word it penetrates it penetrates. It, 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 it has such power in it, it penetrates to the dividing of soul and spirit. Now, let's be really clear. He's not trying to give us some kind of lesson about the body, that the soul and the spirit and all this kind of stuff. What he's trying to do is tell you and me that the word of God has such power, it's alive, God is speaking, that it's going to cut down to the deepest recesses of our being. It penetrates, it judges the thoughts or the attitudes of the heart, the intentions of the heart. Nobody is going to escape this. The word of God, he's still, still speaking. Now how? How do you and I hear the word? How do we listen to God? You ever pause to think? So last week in the service, we took some time, and I said, let's just listen to what God wants to say to you during the Lord's Supper. And over the years, people come up to me and say, Tom, I, I don't really hear anything. I feel like it's just whatever comes into my mind. So how do we hear? Well, let me give you the principle and then the practice. Silence is the condition for listening. Silence. So that's why I say sit quietly. Sit quietly. Let silence come around you. And then, just like in marriage... Just like in marriage. You cannot hear what your spouse has to say until you stop for a moment and quit arguing until you just listen in silence, right? And we all know the thing. We all got something to say to our spouse, and our spouse always has something to say to us. But if you really want to communicate, you need to just be quiet for a moment and let your spouse go first. Listen. Well, that's how we do it with God. We need to be silent. We just need to let God speak. Now, how does God speak? He speaks in lots of ways and different ways to different people. A lot of times he'll bring a scripture to mind. He'll, he'll bring something into your mind as you sit quietly before him to tell you Something to remind you of something. Maybe it'll be a passage you read recently. Maybe it'll be something you heard in a podcast or on a radio or some magazine you read. God uses these different things and he'll bring them to mind. And that's the moment where you need to pause and listen a little deeper, right? Now, sometimes God brings pictures to mind. There's lots of people in our church, they'll get a picture in their mind, something will form in their mind and it will become really really clear. Some people, I had a friend who'd often hear just a word, a simple word would come into his mind and and God, and that's what he would pray into and say, God, is that you speaking? Is is that you wanting me to hold on to something? I told you at the very beginning, the church is mysterious, it's miraculous. God is alive. He's a being and he is communicating through these different vehicles, but it's always, always, listen carefully, consistent with the word of God. He doesn't tell us something that's out of line with the word of God. It's always in line. It's just he uses our personalities, our temperaments, the ways we communicate to communicate to us. Then, as you hear that, the second step is to receive it by faith right? Everything is by faith. So as God brings something to mind, a scripture, gives you a picture, maybe a word, and you pray into it a little bit more, you need to say, okay, that's of God, if it is, and you need to receive it by faith and say, God, thank you. I'm not sure always what that word means, but I'm going to keep holding on to that word. Or I'm not exactly what you want me to think about that passage or that scripture, but I'm going to hold on to that and let God speak into me on that. But you need to receive it. A lot of people, a lot of people, they hear something or the scriptures come to mind and they reject it. Or as James said, They are like the person that looks in the mirror and then they walk away. (laughs) They they don't take attention or pay attention to what they see in the mirror. Their hair's out of place or there's a spot on their face and they don't, they just walk away from the mirror. Well, we need to receive what God says. We need to receive it by faith. And then thirdly, we, we need to obey. And there's a difference. People can receive things in a quasi kind of way and say, God, thank you for that. But God, what do you want me to do with that? What, what action do you want me to take? So these are ways that we, we hear from God. It's, it's just the this, this silence. But God's word accomplishes his purposes. His word accomplishes his purpose. Now, I use this picture. I often call it a relativistic bog. And I think this is really helpful. It's a picture of the world. And right now, it's hard to believe, there are 8 billion people in this world. Is that not amazing? 8 billion plus people. One thing I know about people, they all have opinions. (laughs) And I'll tell you, in Fox Valley Church, there's a lot of opinions that I hear about a lot of different things in this church. But the question is, Whose opinion is right? Whose opinion is right? Everybody's got one, and sometimes they conflict. And you can see that in your own family, right? Hey, what should we do? And everybody's got an opinion, and some opinions just are in conflict with each other. Well, this bog, this bubble that we're in, someone has to break in. Right Now, when we look at the world, you have Christians, you have Hindus, you have Muslims, right? you, you have all kinds of religious groups going on, and then you have what we might call atheists, we have agnostics. Those are all, these are just opinions. Some are more informed than others, and what happens is God breaks in. And he breaks in speaking. Just go to Genesis chapter 1, and the Lord says, let there be light. This God that we know, he, he speaks. So what we find throughout the Bible is that the world is being providentially led by God. History is providentially going somewhere. And God tells us where it's going. So Genesis chapter 1, creation ex nihilo. God creates this universe out of nothing. And then you just read your Bible, and he says, I'm telling you where I'm taking it. I'm telling you where I'm going. I'm telling you what's going to happen. And you go all the way to the new heavens and the new earth at the end of the Bible. Isn't that a beautiful story? And we're part of that story We're part of this great work of God because God broke into all the nonsense that's being said and says, I've got a plan. Well, Isaiah chapter 55 says something like this. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout, and we sure saw a lot of snow the last couple days, furnishing seed to the sow and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. Look what he says about his word. My word will not return empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. This is Isaiah writing 700 years before Christ, and he's saying God's word has a purpose. God is speaking. God is providentially leading this world in the direction he wants it to go. So here's the challenge, is the local church, Fox Valley Church, needs to be listening to God, listening to what he's doing from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, and follow it all the way through to see what God is doing. And so every church that's reading the Bible that's focused on the Bible will come up with some kind of statement about where are we going, what are we trying to do, and it should be in line with what God is doing. So at Fox Ellie Church, our vision statement goes like this, Right? that Fox Valley Church strives to be a revolution of transformation. We want to see changed lives. Why? Because that's what God is doing. His spirit is drawing people from every tribe, tongue and nation of the world changing them from the inside out. So we want to see so many of those lives changed at Fox Valley Church. We just call it a a revolution of transformation. A revolution of change. People genuinely being changed the affections of their heart being changed instead of loving the things of the world we love the things of God instead of doing the things that all the people around us are doing we're shaped by something very different doing what God wants us to do so it's a revolution of transformation by the power of the Holy Spirit we can't do it by ourselves That's not the church. The church is always by the power of the Holy Spirit. Always. And so one of the marks of the church, the local church and Fox Valley Church, is that we want to be of the Spirit so that what we see happening is supernatural. Supernatural in love. That we're not like people beating up on each other, but when people come into this church, they feel safe and they feel cared for. And of course, that's the number one thing why young people are staying away from the church today. They don't feel safe. They feel like there's something going on inside this environment where people do not feel loved and cared for. And it fills them with anxiety. It fills them with fear. But that's not the spirit. Remember what Paul wrote to Timothy. I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. That's the church, and it should be wherever we go. So if you're at work tomorrow morning, you should be demonstrating the power of the spirit. If you go to work tomorrow, you should be demonstrating the love of the Spirit, the kindness of the Spirit. If you're at home with your children and they're being really difficult, guess what you should be doing? Showing the power of the Spirit. You should be showing the love of the Spirit, the kindness of the Spirit, and can we also say the firmness of the Spirit when it comes to discipline, right? There's a lot of dynamics that are going on, but that's our vision at Fox Valley Church because as we read the Bible, we see the Spirit of God moving history, providence from X from creation ex nihilo all the way to the new heavens and the new earth, and God is transforming people by the power of the Holy Spirit. He was constantly calling people out from the nations. It's a beautiful picture. Other churches may say it differently, but if you read carefully, many churches that are anchored in the Bible are saying something about God's Spirit, God's working in the world today. Well, our mission becomes very significant. Our mission is a little bit different. We say telling and showing the story of Jesus Christ. I like to say Fox Valley Church is at her best when we're telling the story and showing the story. Let's be really clear. Telling the story. We need to know what God is doing. And the pinnacle of God's work, the pinnacle was when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come and live on this earth to show us the way to God and we want to just simply tell that story that people are in rebellion to God. We can read that all the way back from Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve in the garden rebelled against God. And when they rebelled, the darkness came upon the earth and filled the earth. It flooded the earth. And it was through Jesus Christ that light broke in. That light was so strong, so powerful. Jesus said, "I am the light of the world." He broke in and shattered the darkness darkness and when he shattered that darkness he started talking about we can find forgiveness through him his death on the cross paid for the penalty of sin his resurre- his resurrection proved that he was raised from the dead and now he ascended to the father and is seated at the right hand showing that he rules over the whole earth has all his work been completed no but he's in the process and we are in it now as well My own story. When I became a follower of Jesus Christ, I was 17 years old. I had never heard this before. I had heard that Jesus loved me. I had heard that Jesus died on the cross. I had known a little bit about God, the Trinity. There's a number of things I knew. But what I never heard until I was 17 years old, not that it wasn't said, but I didn't hear it. At 17 years old, I, for the first time, understood I could have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That what was blocking my relationship with God was my own sin, my own rebellion against God, and my own selfishness. And if I would take that garbage and give it to Jesus he'd put it on the cross because that's where he paid for all of my sin and all of a sudden and i tell you the church is miraculous i'm telling you it's mysterious something happened when i prayed that prayer jesus came into my life just like he promised and he started changing my heart he started transforming me over the next year year and a half by the time i was 19 years old I was just being driven by something I had never seen before. I was hungry to know God. I was hungry to read his word. And something else happened. I wanted to be around God's people. And I found myself in a church. So ever since I found Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, I have been in church. It's an amazing journey. I remember early on, early on, I mean, I might have been a believer, a follower, for only a couple years, and I heard this old gentleman, and he just stood up and he said, I made one decision. I made one decision, and I was about his age. He said, I made a decision when I was about 18 years old, and he said to be in church every Sunday. And I'm like... I don't know too much but that guy sounds pretty smart to me (laughs) so i made that same decision and kathy and i we have been in church every sunday i mean certainly there's some exceptions where we haven't but when we travel when we're on vacations we almost always almost always find a church why because they're god's people and i love worshiping with god's people i can't explain it other than it's something in my heart secondly no one no one escapes God's dissecting probe. That's what verse 13 is, right? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing, it's all uncovered. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So what God wants you and me to know is that at some point, every person is going to stand before Jesus Christ. And I love to say that. When Jesus returns and he establishes his new uh, heavens and earth, he's going to return to this earth first. Before the new one comes, he's going to return to this earth. He's coming as king and judge. And verse 13 is telling us that everyone... Everyone, without exception, will stand before him and give an account. And unless you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have no accounting for your life. There is no one to shield you from the wrath of God. There is no defense of your life. Jesus is telling us today that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. You know those secret sins you have? You know those secret thoughts you have? Those attitudes in your heart? No one may know, but your spouse may not even know. But guess what? God knows, and he's going to bring it out, and it's going to be put on the table, and the spotlight's going to be on it before all of it. No human being, no woman, no man is neutral before God. Think about that. Every woman, every man has a view about God. They either accept him or they reject him, but nobody is neutral. They may hide it, they may defend against it, they may try to wrap it in some kind of intellectual garb and just camp out in agnosticism, but no one is neutral. Romans one says that we are all without excuse. That's the word of God. It's powerful and cuts right down to the core of who we are. Well, let me hit the third point. God's word gives shape to Fox Valley Church. Gives shape to Fox Valley Church. These are best seen. When I say this, God's word helps us as a local church, as a church here in Dundee, Give shape to all we do. And the way we do that, and for you and me to understand it, are the values of Fox Valley. So let me just bring out the values this morning. The first, of all, first one is the preeminence of God's Word. That's why we have time in the service every week to focus on the Word of God. The Word of God is not this abstract word. It's this God who created the universe speaking into our lives and into this world. So Hebrews chapter 4, it's alive. It's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. You think of a sword in the first century and they would drive this into someone. It double-edged. It would penetrate and it would divide. That's the word of God. And so we cannot know God. So when I said the bog earlier and I gave you that picture we would be left with our own opinions. And Kathy and I, we love talking to a lot of people, and guess what? You start asking people their opinion about God, you'll hear all kinds of stuff. But God has something to say to all of us, and he cuts right in. So we put the word in first, preeminence of God's word. How should a church roll? Well, where does it say in the Bible? We don't get to just worship however we want. So years ago, maybe 40, 50 years ago, there was this movement called the Seeker Movement, Seeker Churches. We just created our own view. That's not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church was for believers, for brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ to come together. So the word has to be first. We'll be talking about these a little bit more in the future. The second one is the primacy of worship and prayer. So the Bible tells us that we need to worship God and how to worship God. We don't get to invent this. God says, here's how you worship with me. A broken and contrite heart. Then we talk about the priority of meaningful relationships. Relationships driven by love and kindness. Certainly there should be a characteristic of humility. If your leaders aren't humble, run. Because as the leaders go, so goes the church. We want to be people following Jesus. Jesus said, follow in my steps. What did Jesus do? He humbled himself and became the servant of all. He washed the disciples' feet. We should be modeling this. We should model how Jesus talked to people in the world. And then the last one is a passion for local and world outreach. Local and world outreach. So, I want to answer two questions, and then we're going to go to texting. First question is this. Why, or the, first, the question I want to answer is, why the church? Why why are you here this morning? Certainly you come because of the things we've already talked about. God speaks here. God's people are here. God wants us to gather. Jesus said, I will build my church. So you can either join with Jesus by building his church or you can resist Jesus. A lot of people are resisting today, a lot of people. Jesus said, I'll build my church. The reason we need to be in church, another reason, is when I just listen to the word of God by myself, I may get off into the weeds. And a lot of cults, a lot of crazy people are off, and they start making up stuff even though they're in the Word, because they're not letting the people of God shape their thinking and their thoughts about God. So when we come as a church, it provides for us balance and perspective so that we don't adulterate the Word of God. We need to listen to each other as we study the Word of God. And then secondly, it protects us. It protects us from the things in this world. Because the world is always going to be flooding us with ideas. And when we are together in the church, there's protection that God is moving with us. Well, I want to pause here. I want to extend this. And so the question that I want to ask this morning is, do you wonder about some things at Fox Valley Church? Are there some areas that you're questioning, things that you want to know? Now, we'll be doing this over the next couple of weeks, but maybe I shared something you're like, now tell me what that means, explain that. I'm going to invite Kate up here, our worship leader. Come on up, Kate, if we could welcome her. She's going to join me. And uh, anything you want to talk about, this is for us as a church family. People will be texting online as well. People that uh, were not able to join us today. So I don't know if any questions (laughs) came in or... Yeah, I
1: do have... Oh, I don't think... Give me one second here. All right, let's try that. Are we getting there? Yeah, okay. So we (laughs) did have a couple come in. um, But as they are coming in, I wanted to ask you... If you could share um, maybe how the word became so important to you personally.
0: Hmm. I, I think, you know, I hinted at it a little bit already with when I talk about this bog. There's a little bit of a backstory. Before I came to Fox Valley Church, I was working with a mission organization called Crew. And a friend of mine wanted to launch a new ministry to graduate students. And so I was at UCLA, I was at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, we went up into the New England area, and we just started talking to graduate students. And what I realized there was that there were all these ideas and views, and we were talking to non-believers, non-Christ followers, and I realized... They all have some view, perspective on God. And that began to cement my picture that we really need to listen to God, that God wants to break in to all those ideas. So as I share that about the bog, it's really rooted in my own experience in talking to people out in the world on the college campuses. So...
1: Yeah, that's great. This one um, is in line with God's Word as well, and it um, it says this. In Hebrews 4.12, it reads that God's Word penetrates as far as the separation of the soul and spirit. And so this person is curious about what is the difference between soul and spirit?
0: Good question. Good question. I don't think there is. I think that what the author was trying to do now, I want to be careful here. There's been a swath of Christian thought that tries to make a distinction between spirit and soul. And I don't think the Bible means to make some kind of distinction. So what these this swath ends up saying is there's body, soul, spirit. The spirit is somehow the way we relate to God. The soul is a psychological dimension, mind, emotions, and will. And then there's the body, the physical part. I don't think that holds up biblically when you read the whole span of scripture. We're either we, we have two parts, a material part or body, and an immaterial part. The point of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 is that God is saying, I can cut through, regardless of how you look at the personality, the deepest parts of our being. And that's how I I think that's a better understanding of the human makeup. I don't think he was trying to give us a lesson in psychology and make a division between soul and spirit, so... Yeah, Yeah, that helps.
1: Yep, totally. I want to kind of gear some of our questions towards our values. Um, Some questions are coming in around that. And um, for the the Word, talking about the Word again, how do we cultivate personally a love for the Word and making sure that it has a priority in our life for each of us here?
0: That's a great question. How do we do that? Well, in our church, we try to do three things. One is the one-one-one. So we talk about one worship service, one place to serve, right? And then, uh, what's the third one?
1: One life group. (laughs) One life group.
0: (laughs) What would I do without you, Kate? (laughs) My mind went blank. But what we add on to that, and years ago, we used to just talk about the 111. And people would say, I'm doing the 111, don't ask me to do anything else. And so I stopped saying it that way, and I would say one worship service, one life group, and one place to serve towards a heart of full surrender. I think we cultivate this heart that we're talking about by surrendering to God. So when I said, how do we hear God? What happens is when we silence ourselves and we listen and then receive it by faith, That's the place that cultivates the attitude of the heart, the affections. When we apply faith, God, I believe what you're saying. Well, how do I know I believe what God is saying? I need to obey it. Otherwise, it's just intellectual assent. The devil does that. He says, I I hear what the Word of God says, and I don't doubt what the Word of God says. He just doesn't love it, which means I'm not going to obey it. It's when we obey that we cultivate the affections of our heart. Now, I think this is true. You just got engaged, correct?
1: I did. Yes, I did.
0: Now, to put you on the spot a little bit, right, you have this new budding relationship, and how do you cultivate that relationship, the affections of your own heart? It's not a trick question. What would you say?
1: Yeah, I think... um a lot of it right is time spent together and time, time spent together yeah
0: just being together what else would you add to that
1: uh Listening to one another and um, yeah, mm -hmm. because you can't. You know, it's not just the time. It's not just sitting in a room or whatever. But being able to hear one another's hearts and being able to listen. And I share that because I think sitting with God's word, you know, and reading it is maybe um, that's part of it. But being able to let it speak into your life and listen to what God is speaking through it, I think, is a piece of that
0: as well. Now, now you kind of skimmed over something, but it was really good, right? Because what 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 we Tend not to do is we can talk about time, but you know there's a difference between quantity of time and quality of time. So if you're with your fiancé, Caleb, right, what, what happens? You've got to make sure that some of the time you're spending together is what you call listening to each other. That's quality time. So often we try to spend time with God on the fly. I'm going to listen to God on the drive to work. Nothing wrong with that really good But let's be honest, sometimes we need to just quietly sit alone with God. And so it's this combination of giving it time, giving it quality time to do it, and then obeying. So if you don't spend time with Caleb and doing fun things, participating together, working together, I think your heart grows cold, right?
1: Yeah, that's good, that's really good.
0: No, it was you, that was really good, Caleb.
1: (laughs) Well, you, you brought a nice round to what I was saying, so I appreciate it. Um, okay, let's move on to prayer for a second. So several questions came in talking about, um, I would say, persevering through prayer. So whether it's for um, a certain sin struggle or for a certain um, just praying for breakthrough in a certain situation, how would you encourage people to continue praying those prayers even when uh, mm. it, they're maybe not being answered in a yes or in the way that they would want right yeah. away?
0: I love this church. You know, I used to say this, I'm bullish for Fox Valley Church. I I still am bullish, and, and the reason why are these are good questions. When it comes to prayer, we need to remember it's dialogue. It's a dialogue between us and God, and so when I spend time in prayer, it's not just me laying out what I want. Certainly, God invites that. He wants that, and we should do that. But we also need to stop and listen to what God is saying back to us. And remember, sometimes He's going to bring a scripture to mind. Sometimes He might give us a picture that we need to pray more into. He's going to do something that helps us understand what He's doing. The question is timing. It's not always in the timing we want. So as we Struggle with things, we need to bank everything on the word of God. Amen. And God gives us promises in his word. He did not promise that he's going to heal everybody. We can just look at the life of Jesus and he didn't heal everybody. He didn't give everybody everything they wanted. But what he did promise, I will be with you. Matthew 28, verse 20, I'll be with you to the ends of the age, meaning he'll be with us always. Hebrews 13, he says, I'll never, 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 four negatives in that phrase, leave you nor uh, forsake you. So he's always there. So what I do is then look at promises, things that God is giving me to hold on to in the storms of life. So those are some directions, but listening to God that way.
1: Maybe we have time for one more. This one, um, it says, you said church, uh, the church is for believers to gather. This was in reference to the seeker church movement. How does Fox Valley Church seek to reach non-believers without being a seeker church?
0: That's a great, insightful question. So certainly we know that every Sunday, without exception, God is bringing women, men, students, and children here that are not followers of Jesus Christ. Almost without exception, I could meet someone on a Sunday morning that it's their first time, maybe their 10th time, whatever, but they're coming and they are not true believers. Why is that happening? Because John chapter 8 and John chapter 12, God is saying, I'm drawing people to myself. So he often uses the church. But the primary way to answer the question is that we are to go out into the world. Now, I'm paid to be good. You're good for nothing. (laughs) So what God wants you to do And me to do as well is to go out into the world. You have friends that are gonna listen to you but they'll never listen to me. You have family members that'll listen to you but they would never give me the time of day. You have coworkers. I mean the list just goes on. So what we do at Fox Valley Church is we wanna equip you, prepare you, so that you can have meaningful conversations with people in your life. And you have a lot of people in your life. And if you say, I don't have people in my life, you have people in this community that need the word from God. And you can just talk to people wherever you are, in the coffee shops, in the grocery stores, in the hardware stores, wherever you are, you can be bold and bring it up because God is changing us. So yeah, we want to send people out to be on mission to tell and show the story of Jesus. We're at our best when we're going out there. And finally, let me just say, and I know we're getting tight on time here, but we have partner ministries. And when you participate in partner ministries like Refuge for Women, God is using that organization to reach women out on the streets. When you're involved in administer justice, we're involved in helping people bring justice not only to believers, but to non-believers who need help. This is one of the amazing things the church does. In this area, in Chicago, we have over 300 attorneys pro bono helping out people in the church that want to serve their neighbors that need help. And so we have replanted as well. We have the pregnancy center. We're trying to serve our community. So there's lots of ways that we go out into the community. Well, these are great questions. We'll continue to do this the next couple of weeks. Engage. We'll pick up some of these questions next week. I'll weave them into my message as well. But as we leave this morning, if I could invite you to stand and we'll close in some prayer uh, together. I just want to pray a blessing over you. Father, thank you for each person here. Remind them how much you love them. It says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world... He loved us, even in our rebellion. He loves us, he loves us. So remind everyone here that he loves us. And then remind each person here that, God, you are for us. It says in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? So, God, remind us of these couple things. Bless your people. Keep them safe. Keep them filled with the joy of your spirit. Keep them laughing to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Remember Jesus changes everything. And there'll be